Welcome back to All the Things with Luke Tim. It is uh, the podcast that's about all the things. I'm your host. I'm Luke. There is no guest today. Um, There's no guest because it's one of those days that I just can't pull things together. It's just been crazy. I've been crazy busy the last several weeks, and I'm only going to continue to be busy. But I'm not complaining. Don't, Don't hear this as complaining. I love my job. I love my family. I love what I do love everything about the life I'm living. So I'm not complaining. I only wish I had just some downtime. It's kind of contradictory, really. I wish I had downtime to appreciate the stuff I'm doing that I enjoy so much. But part of the thing about it is I'm busy doing things I love. So, yeah, it's not a problem. Don't don't hear this as complaint as much as um, it's busy. (laughs) Super busy. Hard, Hard times. I know when when you're you're doing so many things you love to do that you're busy, you know, yeah, whatever. Anyways, yeah, so I was um, busy doing stuff. I was in Kenya, came back from that, turned around, went up to a camp working with um, some kids up there. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, uh, high school, college-age kids and some conversations that I was trying to lead them through on free will, determinism, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to get into that in, in a minute or two, but um, yeah. Got back from that and turned around, jumped on a bus and went to Chicago. Uh, wife and kids went ahead of me. It's where my in-laws live. I stayed back. So instead of having two cars there, long story short, uh, jumped on a bus. It was awesome um, because buses are awesome. I love riding the bus. People think I'm insane, but I think it's insane to spend $300 on a one-way ticket from Des Moines to Chicago when I can pay $50 and ride a bus that takes only like 30, 40 more minutes to drive than if I were driving it. I have Wi-Fi the whole way. I'm working, you know, pull out my laptop, get some work done, and I get to see a whole like demographic of life that most people don't get to see. I think it's hard to say. Like, is most people don't get to see that, or is it just like my demographic and that demographic don't cross paths enough? I, and I think that's probably it. But I love it. I love it. I'm sitting in a bus station and uh, there's this this woman who's mid-20s, late-20s, something like that. You can tell she's a little bit upset and a really cool thing kind of develops. There's all of these people keep walking through and saying hi to her and asking her what's wrong. And and, and it dawned on me that, that bus stations are a community because these people see each other every day. Right? They're going to work every day. They ride the same buses every day. You do that long enough, you say hi to somebody, you learn their name, and the, like the pattern of life just kind of develops. Even the workers, the the bus work drivers and the other things that people do, I don't know, whatever bus jobs there are, they come in and they know people. And it's just it's cool to watch because, you know, they they take tickets every day and they see these same people every day and they just say hi and build these relationships. And but this woman is really upset because uh, a guy who I'm going to assume there was or is, has been a romantic relationship. I don't know. But he apparently owed her money and was blowing her off. But 
but there was a bill or something that was due the next day. And I don't know if it was, it was her rent or a phone bill, whatever it was, but he owed her like 150, 200 bucks, something like that. And she was going to be like $20 short the next day. Um, and I'm sitting there and the dude walks in, but he, he doesn't go near her. And I can only tell because everybody's now given this guy laser beam eyes, right? I mean, they're just murdering him with their thoughts. It was, it was obvious. And he sits like on the other side of the, the bus stations trying to ignore everybody. And then she starts, you know, barking at him a little bit. And he's like shaking his head and being like, oh, whatever, blowing it off. And, um, it just like the intensity level jumped. This other girl came in and the two of them, this guy and this girl were talking about doing something and going somewhere. And this, this other girl just loses her mind. It was fantastic. Um, and I, and all I can think is, do I get to see a domestic? <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't mean that like in a bad way. I mean, uh, it doesn't sound good. I get it. But, you know, it's like it's like when something happens that's going to happen and it's not good, I still want to see it because it's going to happen if I see it or not. And I like to see, especially when it comes to human interaction, I like to see stuff that happens and just, just to witness it is fun. So um, I wasn't rooting for a domestic to happen. I wasn't hoping. I was just excited because it's going to happen and I got to front row seat to it i'm super stoked about it so yeah anyways um whole explosion goes down he leaves with this other girl and then like this this chick is texting and calling people and other guys show up at the bus station she's talking to them about the whole situation they're making plans to kick this guy's ass and things are getting crazy he comes back back later and everything now is chaos the police come down and it was like it was a great day (laughs) not not for them obviously but for me like i said this was gonna happen anyways and man i was just happy to to be able to watch these things and um and as usual people leave me alone because uh i'm convinced it's because i look like a cop in fact i even brought it up recently and a bunch of people are like oh yeah because everywhere I go, uh, people are saying uh, when I introduce myself, I, I often get the question, oh, "Did you serve in the military?" Or "Are you a cop? You used to be a cop?" It's really just the haircut. I'm, I'm convinced. I, I like my hair really short because hair is dumb. Um, it's a it's a weird thing that for some reason we have decided that it's important to wake up in the morning and be concerned about what direction the fibrous protrusions from our head are facing and we have to put crap on it and comb it and brush it and it's just dumb so um i i prefer to have as little hair as possible that's that's always my goal and in fact i shaved my head for a while but it didn't it didn't go well um because well a nobody likes the way i look (laughs) other than my one daughter matea she thinks it looks good no one else thinks I look decent with a shaved head and it's, it's, I probably look angry, but I for sure, for sure look like a white supremacist skinhead with a shaved head. And I just, I have to embrace that. I just, I have to embrace the fact that even though the best way to live is to just shave your head and get on with life, that's the best thing a, a guy can do. I don't get to do that. And it's really like an, a responsibility I'm taking on. 
because uh, so the when I shaved my head, it was a while back, maybe a year and a half, something like that. Well, I, I had a shaved head. I was up in Minneapolis, uh, my parents' house or something, and a good buddy of mine I hadn't seen in a long time sent me a message said, hey, you're in Minneapolis. Let's, let's grab a cup of coffee. And I was like, man, that'd be great. So um, we met at a kind of a dive uh, breakfast place in, in not like downtown Minneapolis, but kind of in a, in a more urban area. And he shaves his head because he needs to. <laughs> His his uh, his hairline is such where it's it's a good idea for him to shave his head, and I walked in with a with a shaved head even though my my hairline's fine, and we're sitting there and the two of us are just talking and I realized that uh, everybody else in this place has much more melatonin in their skin than I do, and they're looking at us and I realized oh. It looks like we're planning a rally. <laughs> we look like Nazis or skinheads. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> so I, I decided right then and there that my my job, and it's really the job of, of any man who can grow hair, you got to have hair. Because there are plenty of friends of mine who don't have hair and they need us to show up in, in group settings to disprove the fact that this is a skinhead, white supremacist, Nazi meeting. So they, they need us. It's, it's a requirement for me to have hair so that when I go to a place and many of the men there who are balding shave their heads, I can illustrate to the world, nope, nope, we're, we're just dudes and these guys are follically challenged. So we're not skinheads by evidence of the hair on my head. Anyways, that's a weird little tangent. All, all of that is to say I love riding the bus. It's I've got great bus stories. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, that was that was a thing. And I've been working on this uh, fitness challenge thing. Some of you know about that. It is uh, that was a huge failure <laughs> for for me. Um, kind of the the actual the 60 day challenge. I'm gonna take my band off. I'm gonna throw this thing away now. Um the 60-day challenge, the, the gym I work out at, uh, it's like this, you know, everybody's going to keep track of their weight, their body fat, um, the other blah, blah stuff. And I I think they're stupid. I think those things are dumb. So I entered it <laughs> because what I wanted to do is is try and I, – I dislike – I kind of dislike and, and I some of my friends do this and I, I love you as friends anyways. I, I don't like or prefer – when people post things on social media that is, you know, I've, I've lost this much weight or, or just the fitness stuff in general. I get it. You work out. I post stuff that, that I work out. But I mean like look at my biceps or look at the my legs got bigger or that, that body stuff, that's not, that's not why anybody should work out. That shouldn't be a thing. That shouldn't be a reason to, to exercise. It's not the reason I exercise. The, the joke everybody knows is I always say I lift weights so I don't punch Christians. There's a lot of truth to that. And what I mean by that is it's just great stress relief. It's great. Um, it's a great way to deal with uh, just the pressures of work and life. It's just therapeutic. And I don't care – that that I have muscles that people can see. That's that is not the point of what I do. So it kind of bothers me when when people do that. They post those pictures because it isn't that hard. And I worry about people who uh, maybe have got a hundred pounds to lose or something like that. And they they look at pictures of people on Facebook or Instagram and go, man, it would be so hard. 
And it is. I, I want people to know it's way harder for somebody to go from um, having a lot of weight to lose, you know, to drop 20 pounds for, for somebody who's 100 pounds overweight is way harder than it is for me to drop 20 pounds because I'm in the game. I'm, I'm doing this. And so I actually, I sandbagged <laughs> I, the, like two weeks beforehand, tried to gain a bunch of weight. I was successful, by the way. And then um, jump into the 60-day challenge and be like, you know, I didn't really change much of what I've been doing. I made a couple of tweaks and then pushed hard sort of the last week. And um, the results were, were awesome. But it, <laughs> it's not hard for, for me. And I, and I want people to be less, uh, I don't know, for anybody who's in shape, just slow your roll, okay? If you work out, you're in shape, slow your roll. Because I think it's discouraging for people who need to lose a hundred pounds when they see somebody and it's you know they're they're talking about all oh, the hard work they put in in the gym. You do that because you love it, you like it. It's fun. It's like me. I if if I didn't gain an ounce of muscle and and anything, I would still work out. I'd still lift weights because I love it. So just just be mindful. I think of of people who are struggling with being fit and anybody who is. Who's got? Who needs to exercise, dude? You got to exercise. You got to exercise. It is better for your brain, your body. Um, we're not supposed to be. We are not designed to sit around and be fat and lazy. It's not good for us. It's it's just not the right way to live, and nobody has to. Um, but anyways, yeah. So the reason why that's a, it was a giant failure was not because it didn't work. It worked great. Um, but I've been trying to say that to people, be like, I sandbagged, you know, I gained weight ahead of time, didn't really change anything and just kind of joking about, you know, it's it's easy for a guy like me. It's got to be hard for somebody who needs to lose weight. That's what I'm hoping people hear from this. And the what I, response is always, yeah, but it had to be hard. And yeah, but I know it's hard work. Yeah, but you still have to put the time in. I'm like, no, it's, it wasn't hard. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> so... Oh, well. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so what I want to talk about today, I think, is free will, determinism. And this was it was an interesting conversation with these high school, college-age kids up in Minnesota um, because I like to push people. And, I mean, there, there's, there's two different sort of contexts in which you can – I feel like somebody can do instruction and work. And – when when you've got a group of people that you're maybe not going to see real often or it's going to be an irregular relationship or anything like that, I think it's important to be clear, precise, and and make learning simple, accessible, and easy, especially when it comes to things like theology or just complex ideas. But when I have a week with people, and I know this is going to be several conversations – uh, and I know that that there's going to be an ongoing relationship. I think it's really useful to be a bit purposefully obtuse and to make the learning challenging because then, especially with young minds that, that are, are just in the mode of learning a lot of things all the time, they wrestle with it more. And to wrestle with it, I think, does a better job of understanding and learning. So um, – I was a bit obtuse about you know the the thoughts on free will and and all of that, 
um, purposefully and, and I don't know if it was confusing to them or, or just challenging to them, but I think it was good. I think it was an overall good conversation. But yeah, this is a common misconception, I think, and um, I think it's starting to go away and I'm kind of excited about it because if you ask your average person just in general, they will say, well, it's, it's part of our free will. Well, it's part of our free will. And I love to come back and go, we don't have free will. And I stand by that because it's true. <laughs> I mean, if, if we're looking at it from my my perspective and my discipline of theology, we're not given a free will. We have a will that is bound, just the way it is. But even the way that I, I sort of illustrate that is to push it past the, the concept of theology and say, well, how free are we really? And we start to get into this thing – you know that's determinism, and Sam Harris, uh, Daniel Dennett—they're they, these two very high-powered intellectual. Um, I believe both of them are atheists. Uh, I think both of them are, are non-believers, but the point being, they they believe in determinism and are doing a really nice job of having a debate kind of online between the two of them. Because while they agree on a lot of things, they disagree on a lot of things too. But both are. I mean, Sam Harris is one of the the top academics and philosophers in in the the field right now. He's he's a great guy to listen to. He's got a podcast, and you can just Google Sam Harris. Kind of cool. Anyways, um, they make this point that that from their perspective, every moment is determined. But what's happening, like at this very moment, is determined by something that happened just before it. And so we're not really there, – there's nothing free about a world in which every little bit – so what's happening right now was is a cause and effect, the cause of – or the effect of the cause that was just a moment ago. And each moment leading all the way back to the Big Bang, again, not, not Christian perspective, that all of that is just determined by the moment that's just before it. So – the way I illustrate this to – I try and illustrate it to people in conversation is to say, well, we think we have free will um, because we live in a country that is that is very much about freedom and emphasizes freedom. But we didn't choose to be born here, <laughs> you know. And I start listing the things that that you know we didn't choose and the things that were not free. I mean, I didn't I didn't choose to be born when I was born. I didn't choose to be born in a country that affords, you know, all of this luxury. And what about those people who, you know, in in, in our world, when I was growing up, everybody was always saying to their kids, "Man, you're free to do anything you want. You're free to be anything you want to be." And a whole generation kind of grew up thinking that we have such agency that we can do whatever we want to do. But think about the fact that you were born here, you know, and not everybody can can have that same sort of freedom. If you were born in a different country, you can't be anything you want to be. You know, for one thing, you can't be president of this country. That's the one that always drove me crazy growing up is people would say, if you could be president someday, if you want to be. No, I can't. No, not not everybody can be president. If literally every parent is telling their kids that they can be president, we have a problem because there's over 300 million people in in our country and there's only one president. It's, it doesn't work like that. Not everybody can be president. Not everybody can be an astronaut. Not everybody can play in the NFL. Not everybody can be anything they want to be. 
So I, I try and drill this home to say, you know, how many things did I really choose? Did, did I choose to be born in this country? No. Did I choose parents? No. Um, did I choose parents that – I mean I got parents that are fantastic. I didn't pick that. I think there's a lot of people who if they were free to pick who their parents were when they were growing up would pick different parents. They'd pick a different situation. I didn't choose to grow up in a, in a suburb with uh, – you know, we weren't rich but we weren't poor. I mean we just – I didn't choose to have access to great education and, and discipline and all those things. I didn't choose any of that. All of those things were determined for me and even when it starts to come to things later where we think we have free will to marry. Really? Because I wasn't all that – I didn't have a lot of agency in, in those conversations either. I mean, I have a wonderful wife, but if we just had this conversation when we were driving uh, in Chicago, we drove past the community college and she goes, I should have gone to the community college and saved all that money from those student loans. And I went, yeah, but if you went to that community college, we'd never met, got married, had kids. And she kind of smiled and went, that's what I mean. <laughs> I was, Wait, hang on. <laughs> like That's true. See, the, the choices that I think I have to, to marry my wife, really, there's so much of that was determined. I mean, just her parents marrying and having her is something that I had no say in whatsoever, all determined outside of my cognition. And then that she chooses to go to the same school I go to, completely out of my control, that we show up at the same time, the same place, all of this stuff is is determined. And I don't have any free will or agency. I didn't I didn't choose for my wife to go to the same school as me. I mean it's just obvious. So all of this stuff that we do not choose and, and have no free will in, we still think we have free will. Now there's there's a difference between free will and Choice and, and sometimes we talk about it in terms of uh, the higher things and the lower things. Um, am I free to choose if I'm going to wear um, shorts or, or jeans? I was free to choose that this morning, right? I, I made that choice, kind of. <laughs> I still still determined that I have the option, right? And that we still have to, you know, something outside of me determines that I have the the ability to have both pants and shorts, and then I chose them this morning. So how much agency do I have in that? Again, I feel like I'm not being cleared, not not purposefully obtuse this time, but the point being is there's a lot of philosophers out there and really smart academic people arguing not from a religious point of view but just from a point of view that is um, philosophical that we really don't have a lot of agency in what we're doing. We really don't have a lot of will. Um, and then the debate like between Sam and Daniel, um, like I know these guys, uh, Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett, the debate between them really kind of comes down to the particulars of how much choice and, and lower things and et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's worth noting that um, it's not a theological conversation at their level and theology just bumps right into it and it's so easy to make that move because it's the i mean sam harris blames evangelical christians for the concept of free will and i don't think he's wrong 
I think it is this this false understanding that God gives us um, all sorts of choice and all sorts of agency, and and we are if really that kind of viewpoint is more about making ourselves into a little god, a demigod, or or something of the like, and it's it's scary. I mean, it's it's definitely not accurate, definitely not true, but. Whenever I hear conversations about free will, it's almost always from from the Christian perspective. And I'm here to tell you, that's not how this thing works. Um, but yeah, Christians are the ones who are propagating this thing. So what is the truth about our will? Well, the truth about our will is that it is from the beginning bound to sin. Oh, there it is. That phrase, bound to sin. Just read the Bible. You'll find it just kind of all over the place that we don't really have any agency. We don't really have anything about us that is anything other than sinful, selfish. And, you know, Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett won't really like that word sin. And any atheist won't really like that word sin. Maybe we'd replace it with evil and that would make them feel better or um, selfishness. I don't know. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to do, but the point is, um, we don't have free will because we're born broken. Everybody's born broken. Nobody's born right. That's that's the common misconception. I think that that it's Christians who propagate it. We keep spreading this message that there's a right way to be born and a wrong way to be born. And you know, if you're born the wrong way, then if you work really hard. And maybe if Jesus loves you enough, you can become the right kind of person that Jesus would love, which is absolutely backwards. Nobody's born right. We're all born broken. The evidence of that is everybody dies. <laughs> there is no such thing as somebody born who doesn't die. That's that's a problem that everybody has. Again, I know you're, if you're an atheist, if you're not tracking with this, you're not going to buy into that because you go, well, everything dies. Yeah, we think everything is sinful. We think there was a design. We think that the design originally was that nothing dies. It's that simple. Um, I don't want to get into a, an apologetic session here, but that's when, when you come at it from that mindset and that belief set, it, it is true. It simply is – it's consistent. It's reasonable to say that we're all born in a way that is broken. We're all born in a way that is geared and tied directly to death, and that's not good. So we're not free. We are victims of um, – that's not really – I don't want to use the word victims. We exist in a situation of sin that is not something we get to choose. It is just part of our existence. So we need a way out of that. So again, I don't – I'm not – this podcast isn't about going down that road. It's really about this conversation of free will and determinism. It is – by the way, um, there's, there's good civil reasons – to not believe in free will because what that means is that your view of bad people – so if you, if you are – uh-oh, hang on. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> Tickle my throat. <laughs> 
if you are a proponent of free will, here's some of the struggles that you're going to have in life. <laughs> Just telling you from the outset, if you believe that everybody is free to choose how they are, who they are, um, the type of person they are, if, if it's not determined nearly as much on on their circumstances of life, then you've got a real problem with evil and bad people because then you're thinking, well, they're just choosing to be bad and that makes the bad really bad, like super duper bad. And if, if nothing is determined by it, then you're saying everybody could be good, but there's so many people who just choose to be bad. And it kind of actually has a lot to do with, and the reason I brought up the uh, exercise fitness challenge thing I was doing. I just don't believe that everybody's everybody's challenge is the same, and free will kind of says everybody's challenge is the same. So, uh, for instance, it is. Uh, I, I hate to be the guy who says it, but at the bus stop, there were a lot of people who who could stand to lose a hundred pounds. Um, but I'm, I'm not to shame or to judge. Just saying, these people. Oh, okay, here's a great example, actually. Um, after the domestic, which was fun, again, I feel bad that I enjoyed it that much, but after the domestic happened, uh, I went over to grab a cup of coffee. There's a Java Joe's connected to the bus stop, and I walked in, um, and it, it dawned on me, this is probably a place where a lot of these people catch one or maybe two meals a day because they don't have the time, the resources, uh, to grocery shop, um, the energy, because it's hard to cook your own meals when maybe you're a single mom, you got kids screaming, all this guy, I'm just going to grab something quick at the bus stop. So it's probably one or two of their meals a day. And I look in the case, it's just candy bars. And then they also sell ice cream. And then they also sell sandwiches. So I bought a sandwich, and the sandwich, you know, comes with chips, and it was white bread and super not good for me, but I ate it because it was delicious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there you go. If this is your only option, we say, well, it's these people's free will to be overweight and not not be in good shape. It, it isn't. It kind of isn't. You know, they don't. If you don't have the options to to eat healthy food. Why would we blame you for not eating healthy food? And that's just a, a small example of, I mean, for instance, I always tell people too that, you know, I, I worked in the inner city in East St. Louis for a little bit uh, at the seminary and chatting with those those people, a lot of them that I worked with didn't get through fifth or sixth grade of school. And I was like, man, how do you not go to school? Like I, that just was never an option for me. But thinking back on it, these guys' circumstance, you know, mom's trying to keep things together. You know, she might have a substance abuse problem, but um, even the most together mom in East St. Louis has probably got two jobs, uh, works way too much. <clears throat> Hang on, I have to pause for a second. <clears throat> ah, that's better. Sorry about that. I had to clear the pipes for a second, and nobody wants to hear that. So, now what I was saying was, so I was hearing stories about moms that work two jobs and are just busy and, and it's hard and maybe there's some substance abuse. And and a kid, you know, in fifth grade choosing to go to school and, and you know, get themselves up, make their own breakfast, uh, 
get all their crap together, get to the bus or walk to school. That's, that's asking a lot. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think I'd have done it. I think if, if I was in that situation, I'd have been that kid for sure. But my parents never let me get away with that shit. I mean, I remember more than one occasion just wanting to have a day off of school and doing everything I could to to skip school. In fact, I remember this one time um, my mom's like, well, let me see if you got a, a, a fever because I'm faking, totally faking being sick. So she gives me the thermometer and I've got it in my mouth and I'm just working it with my tongue trying to build up friction to get it to be, you know, above 98.6. She's like, working it, working it, working it. And she takes, you know, the thermometer out and she looks at it uh, and it's, you know, 98.6. So that didn't fly that day. But because apparently I don't know how friction works, but whatever. Um, the point is that there's there's a bit of determinism in that, right? You know, these these kids didn't really have the same cause and effect relationship with education that I did. And I shouldn't be so arrogant as to think, well, you know, if, if it's just up to them whether they decide what to do. No, no, that's that's arrogant. That That's not taking into account um, their circumstances and how your circumstances were different from that. But anyways, that's your problem. So if, if you really believe in free will and you think, yeah, you know, everybody's got the choice, everybody can just do what they want to do and then then you've got a real problem with brokenness and you become you lose compassion because you start to say well you know just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and i've said this before in the podcast some people are born without bootstraps it's not fair it's not you can't just say yeah that's how it is but i'm make sure you understand i'm not arguing the opposite to say therefore we have to make everything fair that's not what i'm saying i'm saying it's not fair. That's true. Let's just pause there for a second and go, why is it not fair? Because we don't have free will and the agency to simply pick our circumstances. And by the way, thank God for that because everybody would be LeBron James. <laughs> you know, it would, it, Then basketball would be super boring if everybody was LeBron James. Um, yeah, so the the idea there is that it's it is the reality now acknowledging that reality is probably the most important thing beyond that we're never going to make things fair that's just the way it is it, there there is no as somebody said once the fairs once a year and it's in august because of the the state fair is a big deal in iowa in case you're wondering um yeah it's not going to be fair and there is no way to make things fair because the, as soon as you start to try and make things fair, you're just making it less fair for somebody else. So that's that's beside the point. That's, that's not really all I want to talk about um, today. But yeah, so free will, it's not really a thing. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the reality that um, my life isn't up to me because I know if, if my life was just up to me, I would screw it up and it wouldn't be great. So I happen to believe that there is a higher power. I believe that his son named Jesus uh, rescued me, which is pretty awesome. And I think that we have a lot to learn from the secular world in a lot of regards to help us understand because the secular world is simply studying nature secular world wants to know what's going on in creation. They don't want to call it creation, but they, they, you know, they want to know what's going on in this creation. 
And as they're finding out what's going on in the creation, guess what? We know more about our creator. That's good, in case you're wondering. <laughs> it's good. Every time we find something cool in creation, it's, it's not, well, science found it, so it's bad and wrong. No, it's it's cool. It's like evolutionary biology, for instance. I'm a huge fan of evolutionary biology. Not because I believe in evolution, but because evolutionary biology is just a discipline that, that takes a look at biology and the, the way people are and says there must be a reason why and there must be a power that drives it so that there is a purpose and a design. And I go, yeah, 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 okay, I'm with you. And they go, and that's evolution. I go, oh, no, no, you missed it. <laughs> so when evolutionary biologists talk about human beings, they, they talk about our biology or how um, how communities work and, and all this stuff that's really, really interesting. If you just swap the word evolution for God or theism or theology or or anything that has to do with the creator, it's incredibly interesting. And I think it speaks a lot of truth because I think that what they're trying to do is, is find the design or the designer, but they're calling the designer, you know, a force or, you know, this, this sort of metaphysical reality that, that they, you know, they just call it life. Life finds a way life does something. That's cool. Um, but I just, I just want to call it God, and you can call it whatever you want. Either way, you're doing a lot of awesome work uh, that benefits my conversations, and I find intriguing, and I think it tells me more about the creator than the creation. So you keep doing you, evolutionary biologist. You keep doing you. All right. um, Anything else I want to talk about today? I'm not sure. You guys need to send me topics and stuff to talk about because – Otherwise, you're just going to keep getting the boring stuff that I give you, and um, that's the way it is. But in all earnesty, it's, it's kind of fun to watch the podcast grow. So if you are enjoying this, I appreciate it. Big shout-out to my buddy Tim Radis. Um, the Timmer hooked me up with some new album art, hoping to get that up for this next episode. And um, if you're wondering, he's also the guy who does the music, um, unwittingly. I just straight up stole that. Nah, not really. I kind of asked him once, one time, if I could use some music, and he said yes. So I just use whatever I want. But a uh, good buddy of mine from from uh, back in the day. So appreciate your efforts on that. Some awesome album art. Um, and whatever. So... Appreciate it, guys. If you want to give me a topic or just chat about something or ask me a question uh, or a question for Duncan, who's on here pretty much all the time, uh, you can email me. Uh, the email is all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com. And the, you can follow me on Twitter at Luke underscore Tim. Instagram is Luke underscore Tim. Uh, find me on Facebook, blah, 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 whatever. Anyways, you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. And, um, oh, I'm like I said, head to Kenya on Thursday. I'm hoping, really, really hoping to be able to record podcasts from Kenya. No promises because it's Kenya uh, and things are complicated and just challenging there. But we'll see. Maybe it'll happen. It's kind of cool. Anyways, all right, guys. Till next time. Be good.